Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you're going to be a different person, it's not just in one area. It's going to be in all areas. Parents, school, work. When you go out of the parking lot this morning and somebody comes to the stop sign and you come to the stop sign. No, most of you will be there for an hour. You go. No, no, you go. No, you go. Oh, I'd love to see that. That's good. You see, it's in the little things, amen, in the big things. It's about a real change in you. Many that attend church services in America give little or nothing in monetary support to their church home. While the Jewish concept of tithing isn't mandated in the New Testament, the concept of everything we possess ultimately belonging to God is supported. The Apostle Paul stressed that we were to give with a cheerful heart and as we're able. Pastor Mark will stress that more than giving will be impacted by our repentance. We will see changes in every area of our lives. The Holy Spirit will, if we let Him, come in and clean house inside us to the glory of God and as a witness to those around us of our Lord's transforming power. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues with his message, Living in a Dangerous World. So what? Rome crucified thousands of people. But we live in this radical, crazy, hostile world. But we can change our world just like John the Baptist and Jesus are going to do. Can I thank you this morning for being a voice and sharing the good news? Can I thank you this morning for an urgency? to be salt and light, show the world we're different? Can I thank you this morning to have a passion for the lost? That's what John the Baptist was saying. I'm one voice, repent, get your heart with God, write and change your world. Now, repentance was a pretty strong message. But John gets a little stronger. Look at verse 7. And John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him. Look what he says. You brood of vipers. John flunked speech 101 in college. This is not how you would normally address people. Can you imagine me saying to you this morning, good morning, you brood of vipers. Let's have a nice service together. Notice what he says. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Wrath? The wrath of God? Yes. You see, Matthew tells us that John the Baptist initially was speaking to the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They had left Jerusalem to come out to the wilderness. Now, normally in Israel, when you go there, even today, of course, way back then for sure, 
Where was all the activity in Israel? Around Jerusalem, around the temple. Where did all that activity go? Out to the Jordan River. People weren't interested downtown anymore. They went out to the Jordan River. So the religious leaders walked out. Were they there to repent? Say no. No, they were not there to repent. Did John the Baptist know it? Yeah, they're going, we're righteous. We don't need to repent. We're perfect. John the Baptist knew it. But it wasn't only to them. There were many other people that were there. They weren't sincere. They just came because it was like the exciting thing to do. They came because they saw all these people. Where are you going? Well, we're going to travel down. We heard about this John the Baptist, the latest revival. Wow, let's go down to John the Baptist. Repent. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to repent. Let's get, get baptized. Wow, I'm one of you. He said, Pastor Mark, that doesn't happen. Oh, it happens all the time. See, it was emotion. It wasn't a change of heart. They got baptized, but there was no change. So John says, careful. Wrath is coming. What does he mean by that? Watch what happens. Look at verse 8. So John the Baptist says to them, get real. You need to change. I don't think you get it. And of course the people are going to say, well, what do you mean we don't get it? Look what he says, verse 8. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. Here was the problem. Look at me. It's very simple. If you were Jewish, you believed you were God's people. You are. And you believed, if you were Jewish, that when you died, you would absolutely go to heaven. Absolutely a free pass. Because why? You're Jewish. You're a child of Abraham. And John the Baptist says, that isn't correct. That is not right. John the Baptist, this bashful guy, he begins to say to them, look, if God wants to make a children of Israel out of these stones right here, he'll just do it. You're not special. So how does that apply to me today? By the way, many Jews today still believe this. Free pass into heaven. In fact, they actually believe, a sect of Jewish people believe, that Abraham is going to meet them at heaven's gate. Come on in. Come on in. What's your name? Okay. Yavo. Come on in. No, Jewish. No, no, German. Get out of here. Come on over here. See, is that going to happen? No, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen at all. So what does that apply to you and me today? Being religious doesn't give you a free pass to heaven. Being a good person doesn't give you a free pass to heaven. Being a member of a church all your life doesn't give you a free pass to heaven. Understand this. Doing good works? Mm -mm. How about being a son or daughter of of a pastor, of a minister? Mm -mm. Secondhand religion doesn't work. Well, my parents were religious. It just rubbed off on me. I'm fine. No, you're not. You too have to what? Repent. So he's saying to these people who have it wrong, you have to prove you repented. Then you have to have fruit of it. Your life has to change. You're not going to get in because you're Jewish. Now, I love the way this next verse in the New Living Translation says it. Watch this. Look at Matthew 3.8. Prove by the way you live that you have really turned, watch this, turned from your sins. Remember my illustration? From the way you were going and Turned to God. 
to God. Turn from your lifestyle that you were walking and turn to God. That's what we call people followers of God. And when I talk about followers of God, many people, when I'm witnessing to people, say, well, uh, why are you going to heaven? Well, because I believe in God. That ain't getting you to heaven. And then I say to them, well, uh, I'm a Christian. Okay, good. Are you following God today? Well, what do you mean following God? Of course not. I'm not following God today. That happened 22 years ago. There's a problem. There's a problem. There's a huge problem. And John the Baptist is honest enough to say to them, produce fruit in keeping with repentance means that God looks beyond our words and our, our religious activities to see if my conduct, the real me, matches what we say. He judges our words by the actions that accompany them. So repentance means, look at in the overhead, we turn from sin and we turn to God. Now some of you are going to say this morning, Pastor Mark, why are you, this is ridiculous, why are you going through this? I mean, you're like questioning us. Are we really saved or not? What's wrong with you? Well, it's exactly what John the Baptist was doing. You're not going to get there because you're Jewish. You're not going to get there because you're a good person. I'm not going to get there because my dad and grandpa were ministers. You see, the greatest mistake we have in the church is that people misunderstand that If they define their experience with God as an event, well, back in so-and-so, I walked down and got saved. And Billy Graham, I watched him, or Greg Lloyd, I watched him on TV, and I asked God to come into my heart. In fact, Pastor Mark, I went and was baptized in the ocean, man. That's like real. Well, the question is, are you producing fruit? Is there evidence in a lifestyle change? Has it really happened? See, many people quote their altar experience. But that altar experience never changed their life. It's like this. Pastor Mark, I came to the altar, and they gave me this thing that said, fire insurance for hell. I carry it with me everywhere. By the way, we don't give that. You have to buy that. (laughs) No. Of course not. What is the proof that I'm saved? A life change. Pastor Mark, I don't think Jesus would say that. Really? Thank you for asking. Watch what Jesus says. This is Jesus speaking. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, not everyone who says they're a believer, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. What is Jesus saying? True repentance will be proved by your changed life. He says, well, Pastor Mark, why is Jesus saying that? Because he doesn't want to say that to you when you get to heaven. I'm going to heaven. And Jesus said, no, depart from me. Well, why didn't somebody warn me before? Hello, Mark Balmer, February, warning you from the love of God. Get right with God today. This is not a game. This is serious. John the Baptist didn't dilute his message. It was filled with love. You see, if you go into a doctor, and the doctor does surgery, and they come out, 
And you say to the doctor, what'd you discover? What, what's the situation? I'm not going to tell you. No, everybody wants to know what's, what's in front of me. What's it look like? What's it going to happen? This is what John the Baptist is doing. He's saying to you, because you think you're going to heaven because you're Jewish, because you think you're in heaven because you're coming to church, or you said a few words down somewhere, but there's been no life change, careful, time out. Isn't going to happen? Now, will I ever be perfect? Of course not. But I will change. You will change. You can't be living in sin and say that you're going to heaven. It doesn't matter. Jesus says it's not right. So let's put this last verse up. This is a challenge to us. Look at John. Whoever claims to live in him, whoever claims to be a Christian, must walk as Jesus walked. Well, how did Jesus walk? In honesty. He studied the Bible. He was in church. He prayed. He was full obedience to God. He hung out with other believers. He gave. He shared the good news. He was compassionate. It was real. So John the Baptist is just basically saying to us the same thing that Jesus is saying. Look, I want you to be in heaven with me. There's a deceptive part of this. If you think getting to heaven is about one act and no life change, you're wrong. You're eternally wrong. And then he gets further even more difficult. Look at verse 9. The axe is already at the root of trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit, there isn't proof. Now, you won't like this. I don't like it. Will be cut down and thrown into the fire. John says to these pretenders and to you and me, He gives a very serious warning. He said, God knows everything. He will judge people who claim they believe in him, but they don't live for him. They are like unproductive trees that are useless and will be cut down and thrown into the fire. No eternal life or heaven for them. It's good to be warned so we know what's happening. But the people do an amazing thing. I love it. Look at verse 10. What should we do then? The crowd asks. That's a wise crowd. Okay. Being Jewish ain't going to do it. Just being baptized ain't going to do it. What should we do? By the way, you should be saying that. Now, why would they say, what should we do? Because the word of God convicted their hearts. They knew some of them were pretending. By the way, the word of God is is absolutely convicted hearts here. You know that God's speaking right to you this morning. You're a pretender. Or you used to walk with God and you've walked away from God. We're going to give you a chance this morning. All of us are going to repent at the end. All of us. You say, well, I'm not going to repent for anything. I have nothing to repent for. You do already. Pride. It's fine. We'll cut you later. I'll have you stand here and ask God to forgive you right in front of all of us. No, I'm not going to do that. So... How is John the Baptist going to respond to these people? What should we do? Very simple. Very simple. What they were saying is this. How can we prove to you that we're real? That we actually changed and we're going to change? Look at verse 11. Three kind of scenarios. John answered him. The man with two tunics should share with him who has none. And the one who has food should do the same. So what's he saying there? A person should show his repentance by being what? Generous. Just be generous. It's not going to save you because normally what are we? We're very selfish. So be generous with the necessities of life, clothing and food. The next one, 
Tax collectors also came to be baptized. Teacher, they ask, what should we do? Now notice what he says. Don't collect any more than you are required to do, he says to the tax collectors. You want to write that verse down when the IRS talks to you. Right? That's a great way to interact with the IRS. Can I hear an amen right there? Look, you're trying to say you need more money. No, 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 God says be honest now. Cut it out, cut it out, cut it out right there. It's right. I don't know how that'll work. You might be in prison. We'll have another kind of ministry for you. Now, so what, what are tax collectors in those days known for? Dishonesty. So what does John say? If you're a tax collector, if you're going to change, be what? Be honest. That's a very different change. Look at the next one. Then some soldiers ask him, what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. Soldiers were always trying to work situations out because they're in authority and get more money. John the Baptist says, you be content, quit being greedy and just be Gentile. So what is, for these people, what was he saying to them? You need to see this. It's so important. It's just practical ways. The way I was, mm -mm, I'm going to be different. He's really saying, love God and love people as yourself. Do unto others as you'd like to be done to. Do you get it? Here's what I want you to write this morning. What did John say to these three groups of people? Here they are. Be generous, be honest, be content. Be generous in all kinds of areas of life. Be an honest person, love people, and be content with who you are. Now, I want you to look at me for a moment after you write this down, and I want you to see something that's super important. If you look at the three of these, what's the one commonality of these three things? Money. I'm not giving any food to anybody because it's going to cost me. I'm going to keep it for myself. Tax collector, I'm going to get all I can. Soldier, I'm going to extort you and get money. All three of these have to do with the lack, listen, of generosity. You know, in your life, God spoke to us through Jesus. Jesus said you can't love money and God at the same time. What does God know about us? Money is a powerful God. Stuff is a powerful God. I want you to write this down. God designed giving and generosity as a test. Is your heart for God or is it for you? Keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Or since God is generous with me, I'll be glad to be generous with you. That's a huge statement for us this morning. Look at this. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. 10% off the top. God says, give it to me generously. And I'll bless you like you can't believe it. Do you know this morning that 94% of Christians fail the test? You don't trust God with your money. Problem number one is not your money. It's God's money. You fail the test. So you're not proofing. We started this church 23 years ago with nothing. I worked three years, never took one cent of any kind of salary. The church got to 500 people. I couldn't do it anymore. I had to quit my pharmacy job. Ever since that day one, God's blessed us. We had no money when we rented the Hilton the first day. We didn't know what would happen. I was ready to just pay it out of my pocket. 
But God's provided for us. He's provided for us all these years. Look at the thousands of buildings and things we have in money, dollars, and whatever. We have two loans. We have a short loan that's coming up maybe in about a year from now. It's not a lot of money, but I want to pay it off. Could I ask you just begin to pray about that? You say, okay, Pastor Mark, I'll give money to God. No, we don't want you to give money to God. By the way, does God need your money? Of course not. You never hear us pump people for money. I would never do that. We don't have a, like a big thermometer up here. But you know, if we pay one of these loans off, we can do way more for God all over the world. So just try to be generous. Pass the test, would you? And ask God to help you because he'll bless you. Now, what's all of this say to us? Here's the last thing I want you to write. Watch this. Then we're going to do something exciting this morning. What is all this about this morning? It's coming. It's coming. So what, Pastor Mark? What was all this about? What is this fruit of repentance? Here it is. The fruit of real repentance is seen in every single area of your life. If you're going to be a different person, it's not just in one area. It's going to be in all areas. Parents, school, work. When you go out of the parking lot this morning and somebody comes to the stop sign and you come to the stop sign. No, most of you will be there for an hour. You go. No, no, you go. No, you go. Oh, I'd love to see that. That's good. You see, it's in the little things. Amen? In the big things. It's about a real change in you. Now, we're going to do two things this morning so you'll understand. In a moment, I'm going to talk to people who have never become believers and people who have walked away from God. Then number two, I'm going to talk about all of us. I'm going to give you a list of things to repent about. Pastor Mark, I didn't come to church to repent. Oh, yes, you did. How many know we need to repent quite often? Yeah. Yeah, First John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us of our sins. Nobody here does it all right. I repent three times this weekend because I'm in three services. You say, well, Pastor Mark, you need it. You're exactly right. Watch your attitude, would you? Okay, now. First people. I want you to see from Matthew what happened when John spoke to the people. I want you to see this verse, what happened. Here's what happened. Matthew 3, 6 says, and when they heard John the Baptist, and when they confessed their sins, they were then baptized. Some of you have never been a Christian. You've been a religious person maybe all your life. Some of you, maybe this is the first time you've ever been in church. Well, you're a sinner. Sin separates from God. You can't fix that problem. That's why Jesus went to the cross. He died. He took your sins. It's called grace. So I have to absolutely admit I'm a sinner, number one. I have to believe that Jesus Christ died for me. Then I have to confess my sins. I'm sorry for them, God. And invite God to come in you. It's not an event. It is an event, but it's an event that leads to a lifestyle. And then you ask God to change me. Jesus offers us, along with freedom from sin, so many byproducts of our new freedom. Joy, unspeakable, faith, unsinkable, love, unstoppable, and the assurance that God is in control of our lives and will keep us in His hand no matter what turmoil comes our way. Although going through trials and difficulties is often unpleasant and stressful, the knowledge of God's covering love is comforting. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Pastor Mark has shown us through the scriptures the importance of repentance and honestly following Christ, the benefits of doing so, and the dangers of refusing the offer Jesus made to everyone. Next time, we'll continue on in Luke 3, where Jesus speaks of the wonderful gains that can accrue to us as a result of our obedience to God and trusting Him fully. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.